I met with DS twice this week, or met at the same place as DS, I remember Paula Lewis. And she asked me, she said, Larry, how's it going out there at Lake Park? I said, man, it's going great. So great they invited me back the next Sunday to preach again. And she said, don't get so excited. They have to. Well, um, it's, it's that. <laughs> Last week we talked about uh, we talked about knowing that God loves you, knowing that God loves you and treasures you. We did Luke 15 last week. This week we're going to hear about uh, about God, hearing the voice of God, and, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. Next week for my note takers is that to know I've come back out of Second Kings chapter six, knowing that God is fighting for you. God is fighting for you. And then the 4th or 7th of July, we'll be Luke 10. I think this is all in the newsletter. Get up and get going. If we know that God loves us, we're hearing the voice of God, we know that God's walking before us and fighting for us, why are we not getting up, getting out, and telling people about the love of God? And, and so here we go on this. Uh, uh, so we're on this relationship with God. And so let me ask you a question. How is your relationship with God? I think it's an honest question. If you went to a marriage counselor, well, the first thing he's going to ask you is, how is your relationship with each other? What model does God use for his relationship with us? It's marriage. He is the groom, we are the bride. And his whole relationship comes together through marriage. And, and so we need to understand, in your marriage, trust me, I've tried many ways to make this work, but in your marriage, I mean, I am a model husband, this has family. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you all pray that I work here in a minute. Uh, but in your marriage, if you only talk to your spouse at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and maybe it's second in the morning, second in the afternoon, how long do you think that marriage is going to last? If that's the only time you can communicate with each other. Probably not long, or it's not going to be a happy, long marriage. Uh, and so we've got to go along there. We've got to come to realize that God that loves you wants to spend time with you. Not just, not just, Lord, bless this food or bless us in worship. Those things are important. Don't let me tell you those things are not important. Corporate prayer or those prayers before blessing, those are important. But God wants to talk to you. And, and he, he actually does speak. A lot of people, I've a lot of people in the church. God, I've been going to church, I've been a Christian for 20 years, and I have never heard God speak. And yet God is just screaming to talk to us. He just wants to talk to us. Uh, Bill Fay, I, I took this class one time, you may have heard it before, several years ago. Bill Fay, how to share Jesus without fear? The number one question that Bill Faye teaches us to ask when we're sharing our faith with people, who is Jesus to you? And from the answer you return back, we can tell whether you're saved or where you're spiritually at in that. But where, who is Jesus to you? Uh, if you give the technical answer, Jesus is the guy who died on the cross for the sins of the world, well, that's the correct answer. But what does that show in spirituality? If you say... And the other extreme, Jesus is my friend. I talk to him constantly throughout the day. What I know is that you have a good relationship with the Father. And how you respond to that answer makes a difference. And so my question still back it is, is uh, 
How do you, how do you spend time with God? And we're going to talk about uh, Elijah here real quick. I love the Old Testament, Elijah. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to paraphrase all the way down from Elijah 19. I'm actually going to skip back to 18 real quick. But Elijah 19, if you want to turn your Bible, I think we're going to have scripture in a minute up here. Uh, verse, uh, verse 11, I told, I told the, the, the director up there, verse 13, but it's actually verse 11. That's okay. We'll get this PowerPoint thing figured out. This is new to me. But Elijah, here he is. Go back to a ch uh, chapter 18, and I thought about this. Elijah, this is where he's up against Jezebel's prophets. And Jezebel's there, and, and you know, the Baal, and Baal's God, and Yahweh's Yahweh God, and all this other stuff. And Elijah comes up with this competition. You take this the whole thing of wood over here, and you set it up, and I'm going to set up a whole thing of wood over here. You pray to your God that he will come down and burn that wood up, and I'll pray to my God. So they sent up the Baal worshipers, they set up their little thing there, and they, they got to go along and pray and pray and pray and pray, and nothing happens. Uh, here Elijah sets his up, digs a trench around. It starts dumping water upon it, fills it, and soaks the water. It's not going to burn no matter if you put diesel fuel on it. Then the trench around is full of water. He prays to God. And this is where I want to get with the power of prayer. He prays to God. And God shoots fire down. And it says the fire consumes all the wood and it licks the water out of. The, the, the moat thing, the, the, the little area he's got around. It licks the water out. It laps it up, as the scripture Bible says, it laps it up. Think about that. You've got a problem. Whatever that problem is, know that the God that we worship today is bigger than any God. And not only can he consume that problem, he'll lap up the edges around it so there's nothing left of that problem. That is the God we come today to worship. And so he does this, and they're all amazed, and what does he do? He has God wipe out all those prophets, and a bunch of them are killed, and then a Jezebel gets a little on the upset side, and she says, I'm going to kill you. Long story short, I'm going to kill you. And uh, Elijah takes her threat seriously, and takes off running. And what we see in chapter 19, the beginning of the day after Jezebel, they sent her who was left over, they sent him over there. Uh, Elijah runs so far, he gets tired, he rests, angels come and feed him manna just for verification, so we're all on the same page. Manna from Exodus, manna from here is banana pudding. <laughs> do, 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 do you understand it? That's a translation, it's a Hebrew to English translation, banana pudding. Uh, he fed up twice manna. I bet you the first time is that uh, banana pudding that's cooked. It gets that, that membrane top on it. The second time is probably creamy stuff. Uh, so that, that's just what it is. You should get down to the chase of it. And so she feeds him. He feeds him and he goes along and gets the first ten. And God finally speaks to Elijah. What are you doing here? And he sends him to the mountain. And that's what we're going to join in the story. In. He sends him to the mountain. Then he said, this is starting at verse 11. I don't know if we got that up there or not. That's okay. Uh, then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a very strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks to pieces. 
before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, the fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle, went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came from him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? This is the word of God for the people of God. Okay, I mean, we're going to ask him to do the service. Uh, this is the voice of the word of God for the people of God. The congregation says, Praise be to God. There we go. We'll just work on that all the time. Just a little work of mine. I brought this in here, Numbers 15, and I'm not going to really talk about it today. I just want to show it to you. When you see in the scripture, because Elijah later on, when he gets taken up in Elisha, the mantle falls. This is a Jewish prayer, Talim. Numbers 15 has uh, the requirements of it. And what's important about this to know today, you'll get a lesson on this when we start Wednesday night or something, I'll give you a lesson, maybe a sermon on it. I do something on the uh, Jewish prayer tally. This is what he's talking about when it's a man. It's called the tally or a little tent. And what they would do with it is they wrap it around. When he says that, he'd wrap it, he'd grab a hold of those tassels and, and he would let them cover. They still use these today in, in Israel. Watch the news. A lot of times you'll see them have these. You'll see a women or a man in a corner somewhere in a crank and they're wrapped in one of these. It's called a little tent tally or a mantle. Uh, the tassels on it goes along. There's a whole meaning by it. I don't want to cut there. But it is the prayer closet. This is how the Jewish people come to God. They would wrap themselves in this mantle. The tassels being the name of God. And they wrap on They wrap on the name of God. And here the cover of God. And it surrounds out the world. You know, Israel has always been a very busy place. It's a way to kind of separate yourself from the world to hear the voice of God. Uh, remember the movie of War Room? Anybody ever seen that movie? What a wonderful grace in that movie, The Lady Grace. Uh, and she goes along. And remember that when she's selling her house, this is how the whole movie goes, she's selling her house to that couple. And uh, the, the lady is a realtor and she comes and they have a marriage problem. But she sells the house to a retired pastor. And he walks, you know, he's standing there in his closet, and he opens the door. He steps in, and he steps out. And everybody's looking at him like, what are you, a crazy guy or what? He says, you can smell the prayers in here. That was where she went to pray. That's where she went to pray. And so, uh, so what I, my question here for you today is, where do you go to pray? How is your prayer life? See, God loves us just as a father loves a child, as a husband loves a wife, wife loves a husband. And we want to communicate with our family members, do we not? And when we're not communicating with each other, especially us who have kids that have kind of grown off and we've been in their doing their own thing, when we don't hear from them there too, we get kind of worried, do we not? We get a little worried in that. And so we go along, so we'll call them or they'll call us. Now we have social media, we can text, Facebook, or whatever else. And we're going along with that. But if we don't hear from each other, we get worried, do we not? When our spouse is driving across the country or something and they didn't check in on time, we get worried, do we not? Because we love to communicate with each other. God is a person. 
God is a person and he wants to communicate with us. He wants to communicate with us. And so my question today is, is the church, why is the church, and I'm not talking about Lake Park, but I'm going to talk about the churches in America. Why are we so weak and powerless today? And I believe one of the things is we have given up the spiritual practice of deep prayer or meaningful prayer. We haven't prayed before things. We pray about little things here and there. And, and those are all great. Don't stop those. But when do you take time to be in the presence of God? I went to the spiritual formation class when I was in seminary, and then those who are going to walk the maze know something about this too, for a little bit. In the spiritual formation class, if you, if you get to know me, I'm a talker. I'll talk your ear off and drive down the road. Trust me, I'll talk your ear off. And so we're going along there, and so in the spiritual formation class that I'm in, they had this crazy thing. One weekend, we had to spend almost a whole weekend and not talk to anybody. Well, that about kill you. If you're a social person, it really will. It honestly will. Uh, the walk of Emmaus, there's a time for 12 hours, or so roughly, uh, where you don't talk, you know, it's all the people I don't talk, but I'm on a spiritual weekend or a monastery that I had to actually go somewhere, like a monastery, and they, they fed you, they didn't, they didn't, uh, and you worship, and you didn't talk to nobody. And let me tell you what, the first day, and we worked up to this, we worked up to this, but the first day, I about to drive off the wall. The second day, I about beat my head against. I would not do well in prison as all great times, by the way. Uh, that would work for me the first time. The third day, God, they had scriptures you had to read every day. God screamed at me. All of a sudden, the flowing voice of God just poured out into me. Journaling, I could just journal, 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 and I could hear the voice of God. The discipline of prayer. It is a discipline. You have to learn it. You have to cultivate it. It is not something that comes easy in our busy world. And I think it's one of the things that are lost. You know what busy stands for? Busy under Satan's yoke. Many of us go along. I'm sitting here talking to somebody. And what really amazes me, you know the number one selling book in the world today, in, in America today? The number one, it's been on the best sellers list for 10 to 15 years, if not longer. The Bible. Do you know the least read book today? The Bible. We got them in our house. We got them in our house. We go on, and I'll talk to people. I'm not, not men's groups and things. I'll talk to people about prayer and reading the scriptures. Preacher, I'm just too busy. Or I don't do this. It amazes me is how many Christians I know that just flat out say, I don't read. I don't read anything. I don't read. I mean, whatever you're going to tell me is all the Bible I'm going to get. It just amazes me because when we deal with prayer, uh, and people say, well, I don't feel the voice of God, I don't feel the presence of God. The number one way God speaks to us is through His Word. The number one way God will speak to you and me is through His Word. And, and because He didn't have to say another word because He said it all when He wrote the Bible. It was the Bible was inspired by the Holy Spirit, written by men throughout the centuries, but it is the inerrant word of God. It is the truth. It is the only truth that we know in this world today. Everything else is an interpretation of the truth, but it is the inerrant word of God. And to get closer to God, to get closer to God, that wants to be closer to us, we need to read his word. That's why I'm so big, and you'll hear me later on about being in Sunday school, being in Bible study. And being with other believers, share the word of God. 
Because this is how God, the Lord, way speaks to us. He speaks to us through the sermon. He'll speak to us through music. He'll speak to us through a friend or a situation. There's many ways God will speak to us, but God is speaking to us, and God wants to speak to us. He wants a relationship with us, and He wants to talk to us. And so, my whole point on this is here, is when is the last time that you felt the presence of God? And we felt the presence of God, knowing that God is upon us. When was the last time you felt that? And know that God wants to speak to you. He has a message for you today. He has a message for you today. And he wants to say something to you. To grow, as in, to grow in Christ and grow the church, we need to develop a culture of prayer and Bible reading. When I first wrote this sermon, I had fasting in there as one of the spiritual disciplines. Fasting, prayer, and Bible study. Those are going to be three disciplines I was going to talk about. But then I come to realize that we got dinner at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock today, and fasting and using Methodist dinners don't go together. So we cut those out. Okay, we'll call fasting another time. We'll get to the after the call fasting. But we need to develop and this is to me, this is Larry's opinion, take it or leave it. One of the problems with the church, and I'm not saying Lake Park Church, I'm saying all of the churches, is we have lost the culture of prayer. We have lost this culture of being in the Word of God, taking God seriously. Taking Him seriously. How easy is it for us to miss church? How easy is it for us to stop reading our Bible? How easy is it for us to, to not pray for a day? See, it has to become a habit. How many people here ate yesterday? Right? Ate the day before. We don't ever forget to eat, do we? Some of us don't ever forget to eat. In fact, I always remember you to the house. The hardest thing with moving is, is the food is in a box still somewhere. And Tammy's saying it's funny because I'm working to unpacking the boxes looking for something to eat. But that's just a whole other thing. Uh, if I put it away when I found it, she might be happier with me. But that's the whole we go marriage counseling sermon later. But with the growth in Christ, we've got to develop this culture. And what I would like to see the churches in America do, at least the Methodist churches, you realize back in the 1700s, it was the Methodist, then it was just the Methodist church, then it was the Methodist Episcopal, 1968, we none Methodist. But it was the Methodist church that was the mover and shakers. It was the Methodist church that stopped child labor laws. It was the Methodist church. It was the Methodist church that started the public school system that roughly that we know what it is today. It was the Methodist church with modern medicine. It was the Methodist church that started the 40-hour work week. The Methodist church was the mover and shaker of this country. At the beginning of it, started with Asbury and Coates. They were the mover and shakers. And you know, there were two things that the Methodist church was famous for. Prayer and singing. There's that singing bunch over there and they're praying. Prayer and singing. If you were sick and you needed healing and you went to the Baptist church, guess where you went to go get healing? You went to the Methodist church because you knew those people prayed. The Methodist church was one that was at the time that was filled with the Holy Spirit. And we have lost that spiritual discipline today in our church. Knowing this is the inerrant word of God, and that we need to be in the word, we need to be in prayer, and not just the surface prayer. I mean, the surface prayer is okay, but it's not bad. But when was the last time that you spent 15, 20, 30, 40, or an hour just sitting in prayer? It is hard to do, people. 
it is hard to do. Because I have, I'll just talk about myself real quick, and so I'm going to kind of end it up here. I got ADHD, ADD, ADDD. Whatever it is, I got it. I cannot sit down still very long. I cannot, you know, I don't sound like a talk. And so sitting still and quiet with no TV, no radio, no nothing is difficult for me. Very difficult for me. And let me just say what happens to me and whether it happens to you or not. As soon as I sit down, I know I'm getting ready to go to bed and go to sleep or something else. As soon as I sit down, you know, I gotta walk out and see so and so, I gotta make a phone call, I gotta pay that bill, I gotta go here, I gotta do that. Well, wanted me to do this. I start thinking of the 10 million things. And then it come up to oh man, that'd be a good sermon illustration there, you know what I mean? I mean, my mind is on fire. It's going 100 miles an hour. It doesn't do that when I'm doing anything else, it just doesn't go and try to sit and pray. So I'm sitting there trying to pray, my mind is running 100 miles an hour. So what we got to learn, and I'm just going to teach this one thing real quick today, give you one thing to go, go out with today, in this prayer time. we got to learn to center ourselves. I know that sounds like a meditation form for the new way of things, not. We've got to learn to center ourselves. Uh, we gotta, what I mean by centering ourselves is we've got to learn the discipline of focus. If you sit down, it's going to take about five, ten, me it takes five to ten minutes of trying to focus on the Word of God and on my prayers before I can shut out the world. I can't do it in a room with the TV on, I can't do it in a room with the radio on, I can't do it in a room with a lot of noise going on. And stuff. That's why I love some prayer chat next door where I go over there in the mornings already. And sometimes in the evenings I go there, it's a perfect little room for prayer. Yeah, I mean, it's what it is, too. And so I mean, I love that. And, and so we're going along there, and I'm going to teach you this one thing, and it comes out of Luke chapter 18, verse 13. This is a simple prayer on how to focus. You sit out, and you start to go along, and your mind starts to wander. And we all do this, our minds start to wander. And this is a good story if you read the whole chapter 18, but I'm not going to do that. But it's about a tax collector, about this Pharisee. Uh, this Pharisee talking about thank God about all these other people. And this tax collector, at the very end of verse 13, the very last sentence, says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. It's the most simplest prayer in the Bible, by the way. God, be merciful to me. A sinner. As your mind starts to wander on paying the bills, taking care of kids, grandkids, and all the other things that are going on, you bring it back by God. Be merciful to me, a sinner. I use John 3.16 quite a bit. God, and the only thing I will say is, God so loved the world. You need to be praying for somebody. You need to be praying for somebody that hurts you, that go along. God so love the world. And when your mind starts to wander somewhere else, bring it right back. God so love the world. I work it down with just love. My mind starts to think about love. And that's how I bring it back. We'll talk, maybe on a Wednesday night or something, we'll talk more about prayer. But what I, my main point today is, my main point today is, let us get into the habit of being in quiet time in prayer with God. However you need to do it, let us get into that habit. And let us start, in that quiet time of God, let us start praying for the, uh, the lost. Let us start praying for Lake Park United Methodist Church. 
let us start praying for each other. One of the ways I may, I, mean, I don't really have the faces yet, but one of the ways I'm learning your names is I take that prayer book, that, that, that directory, and I start to pray for every name on there. Eventually, I'll run across you, and I lose the name will pop in my head when I meet you. But so we're going along. Let, let us develop the culture of this church that we're going to read the Word of God and we're going to be people of prayer. And when we see people that need healing, they'll come to us. Why? Because they know that the power of God is in this church. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, we humble ourselves as we come to you, Lord. And Lord, I, Lord, I just confess that I'm not that good of a prayer warrior. But Lord, forgive us sins. Work with me. Work with the people here, Lord. That we become a mighty prayer warrior force, Lord. And Lord, let your, let your mouths be moved by our prayers. And Lord, we ask you this in the power of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
And 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8 says, I desire therefore that the men pray everywhere, lifting up their holy hands without wrath and doubting. So I'm going to ask, as you feel led, men and women, as you feel led, let's lift our hands up to God as we come to the Lord and close in prayer. Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, we've been here. We've been in your presence, Lord. We felt your word, Lord. We felt your spirit upon us, Lord. Let us receive the Holy Spirit. Let us receive your blessing upon us. Lord, let us just be the church out into the world to receive the blessing, Lord, to find the lost and to bring them home to you, Lord. Let us go. Let us go forth to be sealed by your Spirit. And Lord, that we know that wherever we walk, you have already stood. And that, Lord, you have been before us, you're behind us, you walk around us, and you cover us. And Lord, we ask you this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And with great excitement, the whole church said, Amen. Mm, you need to wake up a little bit, people. <laughs> All right. Yeah, are you going to continue? Um,